man, I'm telling you, these NFL playoffs, they're just so much fun. I can't get enough of them. Let me rank these teams now. Of the remaining teams, I'm going to rank them one through eight. Plus, for the Dallas Cowboys this weekend, who is the key if they can upset the LA Rams? And in the Chargers and Patriots game, which quarterback would you rather have right now? Plus, the Eagles talking trash. Do I love it or hate it? Can the Colts beat the Chiefs? And in college football, is Clemson now the new Alabama? It all starts right about now. in sports Six podcast i'm your host nick friend i am pumped i'm feeling good it's playoff time oh it's just it's yeah uh-huh all right let's go two and a half minutes i got a ton of energy i have no time to waste let me start with this before i'm going to talk about every single divisional matchup in some way shape or form on this podcast so no matter what matchup you're interested check the timestamps below i will have something for you but let me start with something for everybody Two and a half minutes on the clock. My NFL power rankings for each of the remaining teams. All right? Each of the remaining teams. Who are they? Now, I did this about a week ago before the playoffs started. But now, there's only eight teams left. So, let me rank them. And let's start at number eight, the worst team. And the worst team on paper is the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I'll also say and completely recognize that how many times have we said that about the Philadelphia Eagles over the past two years? Um, About every single time. And as I said on yesterday's show in this podcast, it doesn't matter whether or not you believe in St. Nick. His rear end is still coming down near chimney. So they're eight, but I put that with a little bit of an asterisk. Number seven is the Dallas Cowboys. They have impressed me big time. Big time. Not even That's not even sarcasm. All right, Cowboys fans, that's a genuine compliment coming from me. The problem is, and why you're number seven, is you kind of, you know, still have that whole little stat that's called 23 years without consecutive playoff wins. Number six is the LA Rams. Now, I know this might be my most surprised ranking, and a lot of people are going to be like, Nick, number six? Come on. What? What? How can you put the LA Rams six? Six, rather. And let me explain. Watch their last month of football. Watch their last month of football and then come back to me. They have been nowhere near the same team they were at the beginning of the year. And a lot of playoffs is about momentum. We saw their momentum die out last year. If I'm an LA Rams fan, I'm terrified it's about to be the same exact damn thing. So they're number six. Number five is the Patriots, all right? Talk about not the same. They're not the same team as past years. And maybe they shouldn't even be this high. But the reason I have them this high, quite frankly, is just like the trauma. Every time I try to put the Patriots lower or say I'm confident in the Chargers this weekend, I get like a flashback. Just get shaken back to reality with the past 15 years with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. So they're five. Number four, the Indianapolis Colts. This is plain and simple. They've lost one game since week seven. Number three is the Chiefs. I have my concerns. I've said multiple times, I think they're a very beatable number one seed. But they have Patrick Mahomes. He has my faith. They're number three. Number two, the LA Chargers. By far the most overlooked and underrated team left in the playoffs. Their defense is legit. They're the best well-rounded team left in the damn playoffs. They're number two. And number one, my preseason pick. A team that I said right here in this very podcast yesterday. I have a hard time seeing they won't at least make the Super Bowl. The New Orleans Saints. So there's that. 
And let's hit this now. Two minutes on the clock for one of the matchups this weekend. Again, I'm going to get to every single one. But let's start with this. Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, they're going to match off this weekend. Match off, whatever the hell that means. This weekend in their game. And I want to ask what I thought was a pretty interesting question. If I don't say so myself, I asked on today's show. Which is, who would you rather have right now? Philip Rivers or Tom Brady? Now, the key part to that, folks, is right now, okay? I'm not talking about the last decade because you'd obviously pick Tom Brady. I'm not talking about the next five years because at this point, you'd probably obviously pick Philip Rivers. I'm talking about right now. And right now, first and foremost, let's talk about this game quickly. Both are going to have to step up. Tom Brady against that Chargers defense is tough, and Philip Rivers can't rely on his defense. He has to go out and perform. And here's what I've said about both in the past. My history with both of them is I've called Tom Brady the GOAT time and time again. I've called him the GOAT for years. I think he's that good. And for Phillip Rivers, I thought he's been a little bit overrated at times. And right now, quite frankly, I'm going to kind of go down the same route. I'm going to pick Tom Brady. I get he's been in decline. There's no doubt about that, okay? Yes, Patriots fans, I use the D word. He's been in decline. And I fully understand Chargers fans are probably like, you know, well, Phillip Rivers has more yards, he has more touchdowns, a higher completion percentage, a higher quarterback rating this year. And that's all well and good, and that's true. But I want a winner. And Tom Brady is a winner. This season against playoff teams, Phillip Rivers, 2-3. and three. Tom Brady, 4-0. and oh. Brady, 7-0 and oh in his career against Phillip Rivers. This dude's a winner. That's who I want right now. And here's the difference with Tom Brady this year. His winning, it, it used to be pretty, right? He used to win. He used to put beautiful arcs on the ball. He used to blow teams out by third. Like, that used to be Tom Brady. Now he, he wins. It's just, you know, it's done like a 41-year-old winning. And I don't even necessarily mean that as an insult. He looks very damn good for 41. He's done something no other quarterback has done over the age of 40. Now, I don't think that's going to mean he's going to win this weekend because I'll have to get to that in a couple days, but I'd pick Brady right now. Let's go two minutes on the clock again for one of the other matchups this weekend, the Dallas Cowboys facing off against the LA Rams. What will be the key is the question here. And let me say this, this matchup this weekend for the Cowboys will not be easy. It will not. All right. As much as I said on Monday's show and podcast, I believe that I thought the Cowboys were being disrespected by Las Vegas by having them as a touchdown underdog. And as much as I've said, I think they have a shot in this game. It's going to be hard as hell, but they do have a shot because of the way the LA Rams have played over the past month and the way they've played over the past month. But the key to this game is, period, end of story, Ezekiel Elliott. Like, Zeke has to eat in this game, and if he does not, the Cowboys are going down. You look at the stats and Cowboys wins and Cowboys losses with Ezekiel Elliott, it's jarring. It's jar- He is the Dallas Cowboys. In their wins, he's averaging 120 yards. In their losses, he's averaging 72. Almost a 50-yard difference. When Ezekiel Elliott runs for over 100 yards, the Cowboys almost always win. When he doesn't, they almost always lose. And this is the biggest game of his career. It absolutely is. He has to, on the offensive end, carry the Dallas Cowboys to the NFC Championship game. Because we know his defense ain't. They might show up, but they've been shaky. His quarterback's been shaky. The one consistent and the one constant with the Cowboys overall this year has been the best running back in the league, Ezekiel Elliott. And we know 
that the Cowboys offensive line is not the same offensive line it has been in past years. And we also know, just as importantly, that there are some bad boys on that Rams defensive line. So this is really quite simple. If Zeke performs, so do the Cowboys, they win. If Zeke doesn't eat, the Cowboys are going to be out. All right, let's put 90 seconds on the clock for one of the other matchups this weekend, if that wasn't exciting enough. The Philadelphia Eagles squaring off against the New Orleans Saints, and uh, yeah, there's some trash talking going on. There has been since that game ended for the Eagles this past weekend. The most headlining quote was from Philadelphia Eagles left tackle Jason Peters, who called the Saints out for running up the score on them when the Eagles got their rear ends blown out just a couple weeks ago. But there's been a lot of trash talking going on. And my reaction to this was why? Like, why Why you got to do this? Like, we all have that friend or family member that, like, talks too much and you're just waiting for them to say something and it's too much, right? We all have that person in our lives and you're like, no, don't do it. And then they do it anyway. That's what I feel like I'm doing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, shut up. Stop. The Saints were already motivated. First of all, they're already better than you, but they were already motivated because they hear the talk as well. They hear the talk coming into this game as, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they might be making another run. Nick Foles magic. People are giving them a shot against the Saints, the number one seed, the best team left in the playoffs. Like, the Saints have heard all that. And you want to give them more motivation? Like, I, like, and I get this has been part of, you know, the whole Eagles swag and mojo thing over the past year. But sometimes when your face is facing like Goliath, just just stop. Just just lay back in the weeds and go do your thing. All right, 90 seconds on the clock again. The other matchup this week, and again, I am going to get to whether or not Clemson is a new BAM of college football here coming up. But 90 seconds on the clock. The Colts, the Chiefs, they square off this weekend. Right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are a five-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. And I'll ask the same question I did on today's show, which is, are the Colts a legitimate threat to the Chiefs? And let me say this. Not only are the Colts a legitimate threat to the Chiefs, they are the Chiefs' worst nightmare. They are the Chiefs' worst nightmare. This is what the Chiefs exactly did not want to see this weekend. They did not want to see the hottest team in the NFL come trouncing in to Arrowhead Stadium. They didn't want to see that. And that's exactly what they got. They also didn't want to see a team that can play very well against what they do best. Which, what does this Chiefs team do oh so well, oh so consistently? Shutting down the opponent's quarterback with a strong pass rush. What do the Chiefs do so well? An offensive line that has protected Andrew Luck and is one of the best offensive lines in the league. Listen, this game's going to be close. It's going to be the real deal. It's going to be a good way to start off this weekend, Saturday at 435 Eastern Time. But if you are not giving at least, and I, I'm still trying to figure out a lot of the, most of all these games, I'm still trying to figure out my damn prediction. But if you don't think this is at least going to be close and the Colts are going to be able to hang in there with them, then you just don't know these Colts, right? So there's that. Now, let's throw 60 seconds on the clock for this because, um, <laughs> quite frankly, that's all it needs. Is uh, There's two new head coaches in the NFL right now, the Arizona Cardinals hiring Cliff Kingsbury and the Bucks hiring Bruce Arians. And my reaction to both of these is pretty much the same. Eh. Eh. 
Like, <laughs> Bruce Arians was good when he coached just a couple years ago. Feels like forever ago in some ways, but it wasn't that long ago that he was a good coach in this league. I thought he was good. I never thought he was great. And on the flip side, like, sure, like, <laughs> Cliff was just fired less than two months ago at Texas Tech, where in six years he went 35 and 40 overall and 19 and 35 in Big 12 play. So as much as I want to like the Bruce move to some extent and, you know, Kingsbury, like, sure, I think he's okay, but I have a lot of concerns. I'm going to just repeat what I said yesterday about the Packers hiring their head coach, who, let's be honest, most of us hadn't heard of. We have no damn idea. We like to pretend we know which of these coaches gonna be is going to be good, but we have no idea. So, there's that. Okay, now, let's throw two minutes on the clock for this topic that I, quite frankly, am very excited about. Is Clemson the new Alabama of college football? Hmm? I'm just going to let that settle in there for a second. The fact that I'm even asking that question. Is Clemson the new Alabama of college football? See, folks, they haven't passed Bama yet. They haven't. I'm not delusional about it. They have not passed Bama. And anybody who says Clemson has passed Bama needs their damn eyes checked. But Clemson's on the same level as Bama now. You best believe that. As I said on my show today, Dab O. Sweeney is the reason for this. And Clemson fans know this, and this ain't a surprise to them. For the, but for the rest of the nation, let me just explain what this dude has done is insane. I mean, they hadn't won 10 games, which Dabo has done pretty much every single year he's gotten since he's gotten there. Since 1990, they had been relevant in like 20 freaking years. And quite honestly, that might be being kind. It was probably a little bit longer than that. Dabo got there and in three years literally turned this damn program on its head. And now, since September 5th of 2015, Clemson has lost four games. Those are Bama numbers. Those are Bama numbers. And so, yeah, they're on the same level as Alabama. Now, the final step they need to take in passing them is recruiting and consistency. Right? Because Bama has had this for a hell of a long time now with Nick Saban. Dabo just needs time to keep on doing the same thing, which I think he will. The other end is recruiting because they have yet to pass Bama in recruiting. Bama has still had the better recruiting class the past two years than Clemson. It's close, but they've gotten, you know, the five-star recruits have kind of been equivalent, but the four-star recruits, you know, Bama has those. Clemson doesn't have those yet. So that's the final step in this passing and in this maybe possibly passing of the torch. But folks, the fact that we're even having this conversation is all sorts of praise to Dabo. And listen, I'm a big Nick Saban guy, and I'll wrap it up with this. I have been. And I still think he's the better coach, but Dabo's on his rear end. He is. All right, that's the podcast. Six consecutive days with the Sports Nick show, as always, released on SportsNick.com and the YouTube channel. Tomorrow, let's make it seven consecutive days. Sports Nick show, podcast. See you then. And quite honestly, quite transparently, I mean, I, I had a record uh, that I think I set uh, about a year ago now where I did 13 consecutive days with the show. I'm not going to lie. I'm just, or 12 consecutive days. I need 13 to beat it. I'm just trying to beat it. So tomorrow we'll make it more than halfway there with seven. All right, I'm going to shut up and start touting, stop tooting my own horn. I'll see you tomorrow. Jeez, I'm crow.